You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake Schwenk here with you guys on this lovely Friday and the Friday before divisional round of football, which should be a lot of fun. It's one of the best weekends of the year. And there's some pretty good matchups, of course. Obviously, Green Bay beating the Dallas Cowboys will now try to take on the top-seeded San Francisco 49ers. And ultimately, genuinely, like I, I know that again. I want, I want the, the Packers to win for sure, and I, I would love to see them pull off an incredible upset. But ultimately, like this, this season, as it's been been coined several, several times, it's a house money season, and that's what the Packers are facing right now. They've, they've basically entered twenty twenty three with a couple big questions, and I think they've been answered. And I think that brings us back to a very, very important point. Brian Gutekunst has won, period. He has won, and he has gotten a ton of flack, especially on, on, on the NFL draft side of things, which I think is, I think it was fair back, you know, a little further Right, I think when you look at how Brian Gutekunst has done in the draft, I I think you would probably look at him and go, yeah, he's you know he's done some things that pretty much everybody who's even been a successful GM has done. Successful GMs have had stinkers, right, in the draft. That's just that happens, right? Like that that is it's a thing. It's it's not. No one is immune to it, right? The draft is still lottery based in a lot of in a lot of the sense of like you just don't know. You can do all the research and all the background and everything that you possibly can, and it's still no such guarantee, right? So I figured let's kind of go in depth and, and take a look at how 
Goody has indeed won to this point. So if you go back, right, his first draft was 2018. And I think the biggest thing about the 2018 draft were, it was two things. The first was obviously landing Jair Alexander. That was a big deal, right? He is still still kicking out there with an extension. And when he plays, he is impactful. And I think he has really, maybe the suspension has helped him figure out what he needs to be for the team because he obviously stepped up in a big, big way against the Dallas Cowboys, which is huge. But the other part of this 2018 NFL draft was the move back from 14 to 27, which Green Bay did to start the draft. And a lot of people were a little bit peeved because, you know, Derwin James still there, right? A lot of people, including myself, wanted Binka Fitzpatrick to be the Packers selection. Didn't quite get to pick 14, uh, but Goody moves back from 14 to 27 and grabs the Saints' first-round pick in 2019. Big-time move. Big-time move. Okay, and so that extra that extra first was a big deal because ultimately, like I, I do think the the idea of future picks over the present, I think they're, they're, it provides more value, and and it's because of the present bias. I, I think the future picks and, and having a lot of picks and picking a lot in the second round, the late first round, I think it provides more surplus value to you, which economics and statistics for sure backs right but he but he 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 lands that extra one in 2019 the rest of the 2018 class was not good right we know this it was not a good class and you know Josh Jackson I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be the more impactful corner than than Jair he just never got it off the ground it, it was hard to find the fit for him and you know it happens uh Oren Burks Power to Oren Burks because he's actually like done well uh, since he's left in San Francisco, which is cool. But like Jamon Moore, Cole Madison never, I don't think, ever played a game. Uh, J.K. Scott, punter, yeah, in the fifth round. Not sure I would do that again, ever. Right? I don't think the special teams route is is one you should be taking. Uh, MVS played in a lot of games, right? So that's you know, that's. That's nice. He clearly has the similar similar issues in Kansas City that he did in Green Bay, and I think that when you look at his career as a whole, you just you kind of saw like speed and and opening up the field and doing a lot of that. And he did that. That was good. But meh. Uh, Equinemy is St. Brown, so they went three receivers in that draft in 2018. Just didn't get. Didn't get hits there, really. And, you know, we'll see that, I think. We'll kind of see the growth of, of Goody and his team as we go forward. But like James Looney, Hunter Bradley, Kendall Donerson in the seventh round. No dice there. 2018, not the best. However, and I think when we go draft by draft, right, I think the important thing is to to talk about free agency as well. Right, I know Goody was is more heralded probably as a pro guy. Right, like when you look at 2019, they're like, okay, well, let's let's push some chips to the table here, and go get Zedaria Smith, go get Preston Smith, go get Billy Turner, go get Adrian Amos, and and I think when you look at Amos's value in terms of leadership, and 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 play on the field, you look at Zedarius the first two years, and then Preston has lost, still here, Preston's still here in 2023, so 
like, like Preston Smith has mattered. That was a big hit. Amos was a hit, no doubt about it. Zadarius for a couple seasons. Billy Turner not as much, right? He was more depth at O line, but it, it it helped them launch into an era where they competed till the bitter end, right? So they so that that 2019 free agency class was big, but also the draft. The draft they landed Rashawn Gary, which seemed kind of crazy after both Smith brothers are landing in Green Bay. Green Bay says, no, no, we need to have three at the very least rushing the passer, but we also have now a perfect spot to develop a guy with high athletic upside. They did that. Gary's crushing it. Darnell Savage has been up and down. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster. You could argue that that his role, it hasn't quite fit perfectly, but when they when they do what they did on Sunday and they drop him into windows and they let him read and react and use the speed he has to do so. That is the type of stuff that Savage needs to be doing. right? He's not going to thrive in the too high in the quarters and all the responsibilities that come with it. He needs to get down in the hole, right? cover one, you know, drop into a robber, drop into the slot, and like read, react, and make plays. He's just way better off doing that than anything else. Elton Jenkins was a hit. He played center in college. And they've gotten they've gotten enough out of him at tackle at guard that that he has been a pretty foundational player along the offensive line. Now, if you go further, right, like you'll get to again the Jay Sternberger pick, Kingsley Kiki, Kadar Hallman, a lot of people's favorite, Dexter Williams, and Ty Summers. But Gary and Jenkins with Savage, you know, doing some stuff here and there. That's a pretty decent draft in 2019. Right, don't forget the free agency part of this. So, Goody, if you go look at the 2018 draft, I think it's probably like a, a B minus, right? Because I think you you landing the franchise corner is a big deal. You could call it a C plus, I think, because there's just not a lot anywhere else. So maybe we call it a C plus, but a B minus for landing a, you know, a player like Jair. I think that's a fair grade. I think you can go B B plus for for 2019 depending on how you think of Savage, right? But Gary and Jenkins have mattered a lot to this team. And and Goody hits in the early rounds. Goody started to find the stride, you know, 2020, 2021 and some of these later rounds. That's where he started to find his stride a little bit. And you see that growth. Because 2018, 2019, you look at the you look at the day three picks and you're like, um, that was not very good. Like what what happened there? Right? But you you you've you keep moving, you'll you'll see steps up, and that's that's what we're trying to look at right now. But 2020, the heralded as terrible as how could Goody do this? Right, and I don't think it's been it. There, there's one reason the draft turns from bad to spectacular. It's Jordan Love. That's it. That's it. Goody wins right there. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's an A. The class is an A. You've landed Jordan Love. And you gave up a fourth to do it. A fourth, by the way, didn't have one in 19, but the fourth in 2018, Jamon Moore. Am I concerned about giving up a fourth? No. Not at all. Um, to me, the pick was was strange, right? Because obviously, you know, coming off an NFC Championship game appearance, you wanted to see a player who's going to provide an impact on either side of the football. Jordan Love doesn't do that immediately, right? But it's it's the Green Bay way. And I like Jordan Love. I am at QB3. He was one of my guys in that draft. 
So it's it's unbelievably great to see him doing what he's doing right now. It is. It, it really, really is. Did I love the pick of the time for that team where they were at currently? No, I, I don't think so. And I was I was stunned out of my out of my skull. But he's a young, talented QB, and they've they've done this before, right? And so then they go down the way with with AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, second and third round. Not 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 great. Kamal Martin, fifth round. John Runyon Jr. Now he's provided some value. Right. I know a lot of people haven't loved it lately. I get it. He's he's got that bit of savage roller coaster to him as a six round pick, but it's a six round pick who who played who's played in sixty seven games. Right. That's that's a lot. That's that's a big deal. He's played in sixty seven games. Jake Hansen, Simon Stepaniak, Vernon Scott, Jonathan Garvin, not really. Right. So you know, you you get Runyon out of the deal. You get Dylan, who has has done some things in spurts, but you got the QB. So it's an A. It's an A period. It, there's no, there's nothing else. There's nothing else to that at all, right? So, 2021, I think, is the one where you go. There's a bit of yikes here. I think it starts with Eric Stokes, and unfortunately, it's just because of injuries, right? It's it's a he just hasn't been out there. He hasn't been. It's hard to know how healthy someone is, right, coming off of injuries like that. It's hard. And and was he the perfect scheme fit? Not necessarily because I think when you looked at Stokes and where he aligned and, and how he played, it just felt like he was better in like in cover three. And this, this is kind of coming back to he's just a, a faster – Josh Jackson in ways where he just like turn he needs to turn and go. He needs to turn and go. It's it's either it's man or it's it's cover three and just let him let him handle a deep third, right, where he can just sprint down the field with somebody. And that's that's where he provided the most value. And ultimately, like, it just hasn't worked, and that's why Green Bay sits where they are right now. When you look at mock drafts, and they're like, well, they gotta get DBs. They gotta get DBs in the room. The back seven is not where it needs to be. And I know part of that, again, part of that people can yell about the, the Rasul Douglas trade, and I get it, right? I'm not as upset about it, but, like, DB's going to be a place where they need to address, and I, I think they will, and, and it's a good it's a good class. Safety, not the greatest. Took a big hit. Recently with Rod Moore going back for Michigan, but safety's got some guys, and corners got, got plenty to look at. Uh, Josh Myers... Yeah, through forty games, it's it feels like an upgrade is is doable. Um, Mari Rogers obviously didn't work. Royce Newman. It's very possible that you look at this and you go, T.J. Slayton's provided a decent impact, but like Isaiah McDuffie, those two are like potentially his best. Like Shamar Jean Charles, Cole Van Lan, and Kylan Hill. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Not a good class. Not good. 2021 might be the worst because it's just not like, oh, the standout player. But obviously, Josh Myers, he's played in, in 40 games. Um, but Slayton's played in more. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's t- 2021. So, so when you look at like potentially like one of the 2022 draft was arriving and, and I think that's when you look at it and you go, okay, 2020 and 2021 have been utter failures by Goody. And I think that was fair. Now, on the pro side of things, right, he he, he adds Rasul Douglas in 2021. He adds Devondre Campbell, and those guys have become stalwarts. Huge. 2022, he added, you know, Rudy Ford, who has, who has done a good job. Now, with that big win in Jordan Love, we move to these last two classes where it has been stunning. It has genuinely been stunning to watch this development okay so here's where we start right we we start it with a one and a two for Devontae Adams okay the Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt picks Devontae Wyatt had efficiency and productivity as a pass rusher has been excellent through two seasons it has been excellent problem is a he's not finishing with a lot of sacks which I, I think trying to because there's people who are are very much like sacks is everything, right? If you don't have sacks, are you just bad? You got to look at pressures. However, pressures in their highest quality, I think, affect the QB and and to the point where like a either you're getting the you're getting it done at the end or or somehow your teammates getting it done. And I think why it just plays a little too reckless right now. It's working as a pass rusher, but it's obviously not working as a run defender at all. Quay Walker just doesn't see everything perfectly clearly yet. He is still athlete over a lot of things. He's made some highlight plays in coverage, right? The pick six against Fields. He's had a couple others uh, earlier in the season, middle of the season, where he was in the right spot in coverage and just didn't finish an interception. So I think there's, there's development in terms of what he's done as a coverage player. Obviously, he needs to be able to fit the run better, see what's going on identify what's eye candy and what's not at the linebacker position. He needs to. So those two are still out. Jury's still out. Obviously, Christian Watson's dealt with injuries. But boy, he's been impactful when he's on the field, even if it's just occupying defenders, running vertical, clearing stuff out for the other guys. Might be getting something out of Sean Ryan, just a little bit, just a little bit, right? When he's rotating in with with, with Runyon, there's, there's enough there, enough bulk there to play guard. It's just, can we can we build a consistency out of it? Romeo Dobbs, for a fourth-round pick, done very, very well. So obviously, six for 151-1 and one in, in the wild-card round. 
he stepped up big. He's still kind of a James Jones type to me where it's like, ah, how have you dropped the easy ones and make the tough ones look look like they're no problem? Uh, he's There's some development you've seen as a route runner. He sprinkled that a little bit in this year, which is good news. And he's become part of the rotation. To me, he's still wide receiver four on the team. Uh, and Watson's, to me, wide receiver three. Zach Tom, right tackle of the future, period. Doing a great job, especially in pass protection, which is exactly what his strength was, which is exactly why like they tried him at guard. It, it shouldn't have worked, and it didn't. Right? They left tackle or right tackle, let him be out there, and he's done a phenomenal job. Excellent. Kingsley Enigbari, it, it hurts that, that Enigbari got hurt, uh, but he was providing some value as a rotational rusher, no doubt about it. Rasheed Walker, seventh round. Potential. Potential left tackle of the future, at the very least, a swing tackle, you know, a, a tackle three on your team in the seventh round at a position that's extremely valuable and is a position that has been a problem. And a lot of teams have been struggling this year, and you can see it. And that's why the tackle class has been so heralded. And that's why, like, you look at mock drafts and guys are just saying, yeah, they're going tackle. They go tackle. This guy's a positional, fle- positionally flexible player. They could go offensive line, offensive line. Early, 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 early because of that. And you've landed Tom and Walker in a, on day three of 2022. Goody, you, you sly fox. Holy smokes. Like that, it is entirely possible Walker becomes left tackle of the future. If not, he's still a, a very reliable number three and backup left tackle. 2022 did well. 2023, Lucas Van Ness. It's been fine. There's, I think there's a lot to iron out, a lot to clean up. But he's 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 made some plays down the stretch, which is great. Um, and he looks he looks a lot more comfortable athletically dropping into coverage than a Preston Smith, right? Like that's that's very clear. Yeah, Luke Musgrave, a seam stretcher. You know, nice pair of mitts. He, he has like a lot of explosion and quicks to his game where he can be a part of the blocking uh, the blocking structure of plays. It's just you have to be able to sustain blocks. And it's harder for him, right? He plays with a higher center of gravity. It's harder for him to attach and maintain blocks. Like that's not an easy thing for Musgrave to do. But he has all of the, you know, explosion, quicks, agility stuff to to be a part of the zone blocking scheme. He really does. And then obviously you have the straight line speed, the ability to just go out and say, yeah, we'll run tight end league a couple times this year, right? We'll get you up to see him. Jordan will eventually hit you. Like he, he has that game breaking ability, which is big. Jaden Reed, senior bowl guy. Packers went outside the thresholds, which means they really loved him. And he has delivered. He has delivered in every way. Um, He's he's kind of been a Debo Samuel light in terms of the deployment because he's got you know he's got eleven carries and ten yards a carry. They're giving him the ball in those type of situations, but they're also letting him win, you know, in the slot a little bit on the perimeter. He he's moving everywhere. We'd love to see him be used more as a deep threat where he's clearing stuff out. Obviously, the Pittsburgh game where Love makes that absurd throw and Reed reads it perfectly into space, like unbelievable stuff. When he gets into space, he's tough to catch. He's tough to handle. He's doing a lot of things. He's wearing a lot of hats for this offense. That's really exciting. Randall Cobb. 
I, I can't wait for Green Bay to potentially right give him a chance in the backfield. Run him out of the backfield. Get him into a route concept out of the backfield. Just thinking about that makes me really excited. Tucker Craft, my guy, we are here. It is great to be here right now. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's going to be a good combo guy for a long time. It, it just feels that way. Uh, you see the running for catchability that was there in college. He was a running back entering college, transitions to tight end, and he want he wants to play tough at tight end. He wants to block. He wants to to pancake you. He wants you to feel like he is dominating as a blocker. And when that and when the technique and playing within yourself and, and all of that comes together with that mentality, that's when you have a dangerous playmaker. And and he has become, you know. Work to the flat, work to over the middle of the field, run crossers, you know, find space in the middle of he is he's doing all of this and and like also working in line. He's a big part of twelve personnel now. It couldn't I don't think it could exist right now in, in the way it's run without him. Big deal right there. Kobe Wooden's nice. He's been good rotating in and out. He's made a couple splash plays here and there. I don't I don't think there's a whole lot. I, I think there's for him, I he unfortunately might take you know kind of a back seat in this class which stinks a little but like again a guy who could rotate in and out it'll be interesting to see if you know with with Enigbare out if we ever if we see Wooden at all potentially playing you know a little five tech a little outside linebacker in this scheme we'll see um Sean Clifford backup QB uh probably going to replace that or potentially bring in competition for that this offseason I would recommend doing so um but yeah, Sean Clifford, interesting. And after Sean Clifford, they get these three players. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, really, really strong separator, good top of rod manipulation, good hands. His, 2022, his 2021 um, season was exceptional uh, in terms of getting big buckets, making big plays. Just a strange 2022. That's what sees the stock drop, 100%. He was being talked about very glowingly in the summer of 2022 and to get him in the fifth really phenomenal job by Goody and the staff really really phenomenal job uh and then they get Carl Brooks 20 picks later who is providing some values of pass for sure they might have their kicker and Anders Carlson in the sixth round we'll see he's got to clean up some extra points uh Carrington Valentine guy who competes his butt off at corner seventh round 232 overall some wild stuff. Um, obviously, Lou Nichols hasn't played. Anthony Johnson Jr. from Iowa State was a favorite of a lot of people. He's been okay, not great. But, like, these last two classes have yielded potential with the first-round picks. Some big swings. Van Ness, Walker, Wyatt. Reed, Wicks, Watson, Dobbs. Kraft, Musgrave. Tom, Walker. Enig Barre, potentially Sean Ryan, Brooks, Valentine. My goodness, man. Goody, just 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 get in that bag a little bit more. And like, like, so the last two classes plus Jordan Love is insane. Right? And then you get into the fact that like Jair's still here, Jenkins Gary. Great job across the board. Now, 
Goody to this point has won because he's got the QB, right? We've answered that question. We've answered the question of, you know, if we get rid of the old guard at wide receiver last two off seasons, Adams, MVS, Lazard, Cobb, can we get better? Can we get younger right away? Can receivers be young enough, be this young, but also make an impact? Yes, unequivocally. Can we get the tired, you know, not not as athletic looking tight end room? Can we clear that crap out and get younger at the position? Musgrave, Craft, Sims. Yes, we've done that. Can the offensive line hold up without Bakhtiari? Yes. Yes, it can. Especially in pass protection, which is where we want to be. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. So so Goody has won to this point. Like it, It's a win based on where the Packers are at right now in a quote-unquote rebuild. Doesn't matter. He has won. He's done it. He's gotten them to this point. Now, to the people who are saying, why are you saying he's won? Because he has. Right to this point, he has won. Okay. Now, the ultimate goal is winning the Super Bowl. How do we get there? You got to do it again. Maybe not to the level of 2022, 2023, although that would be nice. You got to do it again. And what I mean by it is doing exact, finding exactly the missing pieces you need to get this offense and defense to be championship caliber. That's what it's going to be about for the next three months or so. Three months and and some change. That's what it's going to be about now. Because Goody has done well, and he has gotten them to this point earlier than expected for a lot. Final eight. They're two and five. They're in the final eight. And obviously, credit goes to the floor, of course. But we're, we're talking about the draft, right? This is this is a lot on Goody. Now, the goal is, right, the DB room. Can we get it to the point where guys are playing fundamental, communicating within a scheme, and, you know, playing a little bit like these young receivers? Can we get a room of DBs like the young receivers? I don't know what it's going to mean. Are they going to bring Savage or Ford back? Maybe at safety, finding that guy would be excellent. Cam Kinchins, Miami. He is in the same vein of a lot of the players where Goody goes, wow, so last season not as good, but the season before he was playing like he was a top 10 pick. Okay, cool, I want that. And like right now where they pick, pick 25, if they if – they, end up with that pick. I think that's a fine spot to to potentially make that move with Cam Kinchins. And now you have a safety with a ton of range, with a ton of ball skills. Blitzes, hits hard. You just got to I think he took some some risks this past season when he played in 2022 fundamental ball within himself. My goodness. He had a phenomenal year. That's the type of player you could expect. Okay, they got to get better at corner. How do they do that? They might have played themselves out of a little bit of like the Bama corners, Nate Wiggins, Cooper DeGene. So it might be Quinion Mitchell time from Toledo. Guy we're going to be diving into heavily, I think, next week. Just got to find some Toledo film. Um, so you got to get better in the secondary. Sorry for the uh, sniffle there. You have to get, I, I think linebacker also matters. 
to the point of you might need a third one. After that, you still, I think reinforcing the trenches matters as well. And, you know, if you want to add more speed to the receiver room because you're worried about Watson's injuries, I think that'd be good too. But Brian Gutekunst, in free agency, picking up guys off the street who have, have been huge. The 2019 spending spree, finding some some core players in 2018-2019, finding your QB in 2020 in the last two draft classes. Money, 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 money. Let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back here, guys, uh, with it's always draft season. So a couple quick things, I think, to kind of wrap up the show, and, and this is where we'll go. Uh, Dane Brugler, first and foremost, he drops a 2024 mock draft, two rounds. And I think it's interesting. There are some names, I think, that, that people should get familiar with. Even with Green Bay, even though we didn't mock them to Green Bay, obviously we can go through the Green Bay selections, which we we will do. Um, and, you know, I think that just just a just a really a good look at like wow okay this is this is what Brugler's hearing this is what he sees there's there's a lot of that right and we'll obviously be taking our own looks at a, at a lot of things but i think that this is you know a great little insight even as draft season is is just sort of sort of kind of getting underway so a couple quick things at the top right has the bears going Caleb Washington Commanders going Drake May that shouldn't be that shouldn't be surprising. The top two QBs come off. Three is three might be actually like it just depends on Chicago, right? Chicago, their decision is is going to send the shockwaves through the draft. But after that, pick three, pick three is where we really start to get interesting because they need a quarterback, right? They do. Brugler has them going Marvin Harrison Jr. and not Jane Daniels, which I think is interesting. However, this is a very status quo thing it's for New England. Take the elite wide receiver one that you don't have and then land the QB later. Bo Nix at 34. Do I agree with this? Mm, probably not. Can Bo Nix potentially operate an offense at a high level when you have a lot of protection and you have a lot of weapons around him? It's possible. I think he could do that. It, it's there are some folks uh, in the community already. Lance Erline, uh, Matt Waldman, a couple who are like, yeah, I'm just, I think I'm higher on Bo Nix than, than people say. It doesn't mean they're right, but it's just something interesting to monitor. Okay, he'll be down at the Senior Bowl. Last time an Oregon quarterback was down at the Senior Bowl, he was kind of being doubted. Uh, he has unequivocally become the guy in L.A., Justin Herbert. So there you go. Um, 
But it is interesting. I know Ryan and I have have talked about this a little bit. Like Bo Nix just hadn't faced hasn't faced a lot of pressure at Oregon, so we don't get to see how he responds to a lot of it. But he's he's done his job really well. He's run that offense well. Even the, even this past year, I think he did an exceptional job running the offense. Um, working through progressions, a lot of that. So like he. He's not his Auburn self, clearly, anymore. And I, I think most people have kind of moved off that. It's just kind of now, okay, he's not his Auburn self, but does that mean he's a surefire franchise quarterback? And I think that's where a lot of people are still hesitant, and I don't blame them one bit. Okay, so we'll move off that for now. Uh, the Cardinals would go Malik Neighbors. I think Neighbors is either the second or be- second best or best player in the draft, personally. Still trying to figure out if I want to Fully swing ascension grade neighbors and say, yeah, that the ascension grade for him will be higher than Marvin Harrison, which I think is very possible. Or to just leave him at two. But he's he's top two to me. So I, Arizona missing out on Marvin Harrison, I wouldn't be too worried. I think neighbors gives you maybe a little bit more for how their OC has has been running things, which I think is really interesting. They have the Dame Brugger's got the Chargers going Brock Bowers at five. I mean, Bauer's thriving with Justin Herbert. It makes a lot of sense. Roma Dunze goes six to the Giants. I'm not going to go through every pick, but the top ten I think matters a lot because it's going to dictate a lot of a lot of other things and, and where teams are going to have to look in the teens and all that. But like Roma Dunze going six is mind-numbing to me. It's just showing you like wide receiver offense is, is so much the focus of this class that like the Giant team who they could go QB. Jane Daniel's still here. And they miss out on two wide receiver ones. They're like, ah, oh, we'll just do it again. Man. So, and if they're committed if they're committed to Daniel Jones for another year, that's probably the direction they'll take. Maybe they go offensive tackle. Titans take Joe Alt. They need it. Atlanta goes Jaden Daniels. That seems, that seems like, to me, Jaden Daniels going to Atlanta, to me, signals you've hired Ben Johnson or you've hired Jim Harbaugh. Not that you've hired Bill Belichick. If you hire Bill Belichick, you're going veteran. But I think Daniels would be excellent. If they get him at eight, I think they're going to have to move up. But, like, yeah. Bears take Dallas Turner. Edge rusher from Bama. I just finished his eval. I would not like to play against him a lot. Um, He's a lot better than he was uh, the year prior when people were getting to look at him in the summer scouting circles. And then the Jets get old Fashano at 10, which is kind of mad. Um. That's good, though. That's good for the Jets, of course. You know, that type of blindside protection is exactly what Rodgers would want to have. Other notables, I think there's been a lot of talk about the lot of, you know, the guys in the teens for the most part, except for 16th. I want to talk about this. Byron Murphy, the second defensive tackle, Texas, the first defensive tackle off the board, not Jerzon Newton. I think he's over. I think he's more well-rounded than Newton, personally. Um, I think he's a better, a, a way better run defender, and I still think you're getting plenty as a pass rusher, especially with the he doesn't do it quite like Newton does. Newton's with you know a lot of rushing outside shoulder, right? Use the flexibility burst and then hand timing in at contact to sort of win around an arc a little bit more, right? That's kind of more Newton's game, right? Can he get you know in the half man looks of like okay, can I can I rush from this you know three tech and get around you in any way possible. Byron Murphy's like, I'll go through you. Speed to power, explosion to power. I have no problem doing that, right? Byron Murphy had 45 pressures and six sacks. 
He took a step up this year, and it showed. I'm not sure why he isn't being talked about much more. I know I put him in a mock draft in the first round, either in December or November. One of the two. You can look at my sub stack. I have him there to the Lions in the first round. And I wasn't sure why he wasn't getting more, more hype. Watch his game against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 Championship. Holy smokes. Really strong game there at a four-pressure game. And a well-rounded game, too. Um, the one thing I think with him, though, is when you look at the snap counts, it's not super high. He had 438 snaps past year, and you go, well, that's that's quite a bit of snaps. Not really. Not really. Uh, when you think about uh, like a per-game basis, if you just do like a little bit of math, right, and think about how many plays like teams run per game, you're thinking like, wait a minute, it's not, it's not adding up, right? Like what's, what's with these numbers? And the reason I bring that up is because Jerzon Newton had 749 snaps. Okay. It's like Jerzon Newton per game, 58, 62, 74, 63, 56, 67. I'm not going to keep going, but Murphy 34, 33, 31, 18, 34, right? He's not having, he doesn't have that. And and they rotated a lot of guys at Texas. And, and yet, 749 snaps for Newton, 438 snaps for Murphy. Murphy has two more pressures on the year. So just an interesting little thing there on those two defensive tackles. But I, I do think Murphy has, has an argument for defensive tackle one in the class. I really do. Because I think he plays more well-rounded football. And I think he could potentially two-gap. Doesn't mean he's taking on double teams, right? Two-gap just means, you know, he can engage and, and he can he can guard two gaps, right? I think Jerzon Newton's a one-gap player, okay? Um, I think the Rams taking J.J. McCarthy is not going to happen. This is what Brugler has. But I do think J.J. McCarthy goes fourth in the QBs. Here's why. Teams now see what the Packers have done. They've seen what they've done at quarterback. They're like, oh, we can make a guy sit. And that's 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 Brugler's reasoning here, right? Matthew Stafford's 36. Rodgers was 36 when they drafted Love. Maybe this is what the plan is, right? I think I think it's more likely to be a team like Minnesota. They bring back Cousins, or it's hmm. Maybe it's it maybe it's Seattle, right? They have Geno Smith. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll be proactive there. So I think that I think that that is where I think that's where like they should be you should be looking not not the Rams. Other than that, Jackson Powers Johnson going twenty first to the Miami Dolphins, listed as guard slash center on on Brugler's thing. You want Powers Johnson? You're gonna have to take him in the first. I think that's very clear. Okay, let's get to Green Bay. Pick 25, Troy Fontenot, offensive tackle slash guard, Wisconsin, or Washington, not Wisconsin, goodness sakes. Um, the pass blocking grade was obviously an 87 this past year. Uh, did give up 23 pressures and two sacks. Has a little bit of experience at left guard, right, 100 snaps, but he's he's been a left tackle for the most part. So... You look at that and you go, okay, positional flexibility, 
position that's that's more premium. This is something Green Bay would do. Plug him in at guard. He was a tackle. And, and just and just let everything cook. I think that's very possible that they do that. Entirely, entirely possible. That's what that's what Green Bay might be able to do there. Uh, the Chiefs get Jerzon Newton at twenty eight. That's a, that's an interesting fall. Arizona lands Kingsley Suamataia. There's some some differing opinions on him, but he's he's still twenty years old. That's a tackle from BYU. I think that's depending on on how he comes in. If he's more of a three hundred thirty pound tackle, I think Green Bay's Green Bay's out. If he's closer to three twenty and he plays a little bit closer to like three eighteen, Green Bay's in. The Lions going to Vondre Sweat. I think Vondre Sweat's Another one that like the first round, that's that's probably correct. Okay. There's a lot of the similar names in the second round, right? Packers go Jaden Hicks, safety Washington State. Now he's a bigger guy, 6'2, 215. Okay. And I think with with him, right, and you look at the safety class and you go, okay, is he as, you know, reliable? And it's interesting because they have him. They have Green Bay taking him, Brugler does, over someone like Cam Kinchins. The grades aren't superb. Coverage grades in 81. Tackling to 66 this past year. His two best games are against Colorado State and Wisconsin. He got some, re- there were some really ugly games uh, in the middle of the season. It's possible. Um, he is athletic. He's intimidating. He's he's got the size. Let's play the position. Super. Okay. I just don't think they would do that over Kinchins to me. To me, that that seems like a misstep, but we'll see. I want to bring up this big one because he's he's going forty fifth and he's listed around hundred on a lot of the simulators. New Orleans Saints forty five, Dominic Puny, tackle guard, Kansas. Played 2022 at left guard, 848 snaps there, 728 at left tackle this past season. Guard tackle flexibility, 65320. Remind you of anybody? Yeah, Sean Ryan's exactly that. So I think it's a name that Packers fans should get familiar with, especially if he's gonna he might he might just kick inside. But to see him that high, to me, is is sending off alarm bells like, okay, League likes this guy a lot. And Brugger apparently does as well. Okay. So I think that's important. Um, but Edron Cooper going 55th. I know that's somebody Green Bay could potentially look at. A linebacker. Kinchins going 61st is interesting. That's interesting to me for sure. Um, at 58, the Green Bay Packers select Kalen King, cornerback Penn State. And I know Packers fans are not. The Packers fans probably aren't even listening to this. Not fully, right? They're like, uh, eh. well, you know, we'll listen to this later. King took a giant step back after a really good coverage season, twenty twenty two. Now he hasn't been the best run defender or tackler, right? Like that's just not been his game. He's been a good cover guy. He got burned a lot this past year, especially against Ohio State, against Marvin Harrison Jr. And there's a lot of games in the fifties and and around sixty. Not great. Obviously, there's still upside. That feels like an upside dart throw with King. Still a young player, right? I think that that is another one where you go, okay, 
Played better in 22 than 23. Can we get 20, 2022 out of him? I think that's entirely possible. So, yeah, the Brooklyn Mock Draft was interesting. Packers going Fontenou, Hicks, and Kalen King. Not impossible. It's interesting to see where the Kalen King draft stock is at, according to Brugler. That's That seems about right. So, just, yeah, interesting to see some names popping up in certain spots. Uh, you know, who's going who's gonna to do what? There, there's a lot of tackles, right? Jordan Morgan sneaks into the first, which I think is something to monitor. Kieran Amagaji from Yale sneaking into the second round. That's that's worthy and notable. So it's it's there's a lot of offense, a lot of receivers, especially early in the second round. Got like Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky going in the second round. Like there's offense is dominating, no doubt about it. So that's what we see in the Brugler mock. I want to finish with this really quick, just from perspective of the six teams who got eliminated and where they could potentially go, how the draft should shake out for them. I think you got to I think you got to start with Pittsburgh. Um, they got to bring in something at QB. I don't know if like, oh, we should be super aggressive to go up and get one. At the same time, you know, McCarthy, a Penix, a, a Bo Nix, like they, they should probably be interested. They should be looking. They should be down in the senior bowl, looking at QBs for sure. They should definitely be looking there. They're secondary. They got to get better on O line, center, right? Maybe, maybe even reinforce tackle. But like secondary, offensive line, and quarterback, they they need to fix those. Quarterback obviously is the most important of those. But like they can't sit on that. They can't sit on the picket Rudolph thing. Rudolph's a free agent, but they can't sit on that and go, yeah, we'll just do it again. Do you want to advance? Do you want to try to win playoff games or not? It's a question they got to ask themselves. The Rams, I think, are fine. I think they're in their contending window again. They finally have a first-round pick. O-line, edge, secondary. Th- those are the places they need to, to really beef up. I think center and tackle are the ones, of course. Alaric Jackson at left tackle, I think you can get better. They could be a, a, a Troy Fontenot team. They could be. They could be. Could be an Amarius Mims team. Could be a Fuaga team. Like they Tackle, one of those edge rushers falls to them. They could pounce there for sure. Corner, they could pounce there for sure. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Wiggins, maybe even DeGene who can do multiple things for a defense. I think they could pounce there as well. Uh, but that's what they got to fix. Miami should be – Miami has five picks right now in the draft. It should be trade back, trade back, trade back. Get a center. Get other O-linemen in there that maybe can be flexible. You have to protect Tua. You have to be able to run the football more effectively, and maybe that's why they got away from it. They didn't trust the O line that they current that they had with a lot of injuries at the interior. Interior's got to get better. Robert Hunt's a free agent. They got some work to do along the offensive line. Linebacker potentially. Uh, obviously, Christian Wilkins a free agent. They could just again it could be a trench beef up in this, and, and that would probably benefit them a ton just to do that. But they may they may look at the you know late round QB just like yeah we'll take a swing, two as a starter but we're taking a we're taking a swing here maybe we need a backup and that's what they'll say. People will be like yeah they need to be looking. They need to know, can two be that guy? 
feels like everybody else in the 2020 draft is. Burrow is dealt with injuries. That's something to watch. Herbert's that guy. Hurts, I think they... Hurts needs to be more apt to throwing the middle of the field, but I think they got him. Miami needs to know. Philly, I think they're going to have to change a lot of what they do in the draft. They can go trenches again. They can go O-line, D-line again. Ignore linebacker. Ignore safety. Stay older at corner. They can do all those things. They shouldn't. They're going. The secondary matters. Like they, they could take a corner because that's premium and that's a first round thing and that's what they do. Like that wouldn't shock me. They have to start investing in linebacker. They have to start investing in safety. The spine of the back seven needs work. We'll see if we'll see if Roseman changes. We'll see if the if Jason Kelsey retires, the big need at center becomes a big deal now. Tyler Steen has, you know, tackle guard flexibility. They drafted him in the third last year. They drafted Cam Jurgens to be that eventual replacement. He's played a lot more guard, obviously. He's been playing there. Just do they kick guys across? Maybe they do. They got things to figure out in that spine of that deep back seven on defense. Cleveland obviously doesn't have a first-round pick. It'll be interesting. Secondary for sure. Safety. Uh, you know. Potentially another receiver in there. thing you got to watch when you do bronze mock drafts is they go young. 21-22. And they stick to it without their drafts. And that's something to watch for. We'll see what happens there. Defensive tackles, another one they could be looking at. It's like a Chris Jenkins, a Jalen Polk, guys like that at, at receiver, D-tackle. Maybe they're a Kinchins team in the second round if he can fall that far, which Brugler's in his mock, he did fall that far. right? He went to 60. He went 61st. Like the Browns will be picking before that. So... That's Cleveland. And then Dallas. Tyron Smith. Is he done? Do you feel good at center? Where's Tyler Smith playing? A lot of questions need to be answered. I do think the, the, the Cowboys do a good job with the offensive line. I think they'll take care of that. Just got to figure out what you need to take care of on the offensive line. Uh, you got to get a, you got to get a run stuffing defensive tackle. You have to get heavier at linebacker. You can't be sitting in basically big nickel or dime in base personnel. Can't keep doing it. Can't. Teams are going to do what the Packers did to you. Teams are going to do what the Dolphins did to you. Teams are going to do what the Bills did to you. Something's got to change. I know you tried it. You tried it with Mozzie Smith. And clearly that's not working. Tavondre sweat time, potentially. Might have to do it. Might have to do it. So that linebacker. And then they got to fix O-line. They could They could draft another receiver. Obviously, they're going to have to do something at running back. Because Tony Pollard, free agent. I don't think they want to bring him back. I... Personally, probably wouldn't either. So they got to figure out something there too. So Cowboys got some work to do. So there you go. Um, that's really going to do it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed. Brian Gutekunst has got a W, but we got to keep seeing it through. Interesting to go through the Brugler mock and, and some of the teams that will be eliminated. Obviously, if the Packers do not pull out uh, an upset win this weekend, we'll be diving headfirst into a lot of things. Uh, if you have questions that you want to drop for the pod, you can... Potentially find me on, on the Packernet Facebook page. You can find me at Jake NFL Draft on Twitter and on the YouTube channel, which if you go to my Twitter, you'll see the link for that. We'll have prospect um, scouting reports going up for videos every day starting Monday. So stay tuned in. A lot of draft stuff coming very soon. Uh, we'll obviously be diving into the All-Star Game, Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, all that stuff, evaluations. It's coming. So get ready. Uh, with that said, enjoy your Friday. Enjoy Division Weekend. Go Pack Up.